Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to Marsha's Play. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it up this is your girl diamond styles and i am bringing you guys a treat today um i'm bringing you a guest that ever since i had him on my channel in 2013 he has become one of the premier voices of our community sharing his experience his growth his story and you know i think it's amazing so i wanted to give him some spotlight so today i'm bringing you and introducing to you again troy kennedy Uh, I love how you always put your sexy late night radio voice on. I, I beg your pardon. That's my that's my that's my public persona voice. I don't I don't know what you mean. <laughs> One of the reasons why I wanted to have him on was because the last person that I had on was a little bit less seasoned. He was somebody who was just coming out of his Tranny Chaser stage, so he couldn't articulate um, being a trans amorous man on a deeper level the way Troy can. And I think that a part of being visible and pushing the society forward is showing not only being visible for ourselves, but the people who love us and care for us and our intimate partners, um, being proud of us and speaking their truth. And I always want to make sure they have the opportunity to do that. Well, you know, I've been, you know, I've been really speaking out, and, and, I, and I really appreciate the opportunity that you gave me way back when uh, to just be a voice where there wasn't a voice and, you know, put a, put a face and a voice and, and a look to a movement or, or, or to a, a group of men who mostly remain in the shadows. So I think that was important to take that step to have someone just kind of step out into the light, so to speak. Um, and I, I think, think the only thing, I think it's important. One of the things that you, um, that I kind of told you before we did that video, I told you that it was really, really difficult for me to find a guy who was willing to get on camera and we discuss some things about this side of the coin. Like, you know, we all talk about trans women and we know that um, we know a lot of the generic things about us, even though, you know, some of the some people can't get past trans 101. But 
they don't people don't understand that there's another side to the coin when it comes to romantic and so me it was really difficult for me to get somebody in the video medium to be able to come on screen and talk about their experiences so when when i was discussing it and trying to find people to be on on and talk about it um some people would say yeah then they're changing mind some people would just say no flat out oh no i'm not out there like that and blah blah blah, blah. but i remember one guy um gee he um pointed me into your direction um uh-huh. i had met him on um i think we met on bgc and we became friends and um talked and just became real cool and he was like you should talk to Troy he lives in Detroit and you know he would be down he would be down I was like oh okay and that's how I got connected with you so I'm just happy that you was down for it okay well and it's difficult I would say to step out into the light when there's nobody else out there why why do you think it's difficult just the what you perceive, the finger pointing, the the, the question, the the, the the mumbles, the, the the talking behind the back, and all of that stuff. That was that that was a, a big step for me to 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 kind of take that leap of faith, because we have to realize that as men, we can't hide in the shadows and support you know these women that we love. It's really that simple. And if we are hiding in the shadows, but say that we love you, we support you, you know, we have your back, but nobody ever sees us, then I think that's a really hollow sentiment. You know what I mean? You're, you're not just, uh, you're just talking about it. You're not being about it. Invisibility is very, very important. So I, I think having someone being visible and then being like, okay, you know, this is a big step because people will see me, people will hear me. There will, there will be no denying, you know, I have a unique voice, so people hear my voice. That's one thing, but to see my face, it's a different thing. And, and it was a little scary, but I was willing to do it. Another, I want to go back to what you said about fear. I think fear plays a big part of why men don't come forward about their romantic feelings about trans women. Um, and... One of the things that I hear people talking about all the time is um, that men have to step up and they have to, and it's it's a part of your, I want to, not ministry, but um, it's a part of your platform to be able to say, you know, men need to come out of the shadow. Yes, but we all know just as just as trans women have stigma to overcome in this society, there and there are consequences to being a trans woman, like real life consequences it's not just fear of those consequences there are things that can happen if i come out and tell people that i'm trans and just like with us there are men in situations that if they came out and said that i am attracted to trans women it will negatively in real life affect their lives so that is not a that is not a fear that is fake like it may be exaggerated but there are things that can actually happen to a man in his job in his work in his family that he that he does not want to happen by coming forward with that how do we come out of the shadows how do we support not we but how do men 
support trans women, come out of the shadows and face those things head on when they are a reality. It's not just a like a stage fright. It is a real reality that things can happen to you if you're honest about this. Well, first it starts with recognizing that a lot of times we are, the fear that we feel is the fear of the unknown, the fear of what may happen and what we have built up in our minds that may happen. Okay, now you mentioned losing a job. I did lose a job because I worked for someone who was very homophobic and transphobic. And he found out that my long-term relationship, I was in for about nine years that she was trans. And he forced me out. And I, I can't prove it, but that's the only reason why I could see that I was forced out, you know, and, and it was a lucrative position, but I didn't allow that to stop me from doing what I needed to do because if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to live authentically and be with, you know, be with this woman who is doing just that, living authentically, you know, and fighting all of these things that you ladies have to fight in the world, then I can fight these small battles. It's a battle. It may not be as big, but it's big to me. You know what I mean? It, it's big to men dealing with trying to come to grips with all of the things that come with it. But that fear sometimes is imagined because once you step up and you stand tall, people take notice. And I think they take notice in a more positive way than negative. You're always going to have some negative people in the world, but that doesn't matter whether you date trans women or not so so i also know that um because i'm friends with you and i follow you and i follow your story one of the elements of your story that in regards to what we're talking about i remember you talking about your wife going to court trying to take custody um trying to yeah. eliminate joint custody and getting full custody from you and using your trans attractedness as one of the elements to convince the judge that you were not fit to be, have any type of custody around her son, right? Right. So, right, but so, so the, the, eventually, I know eventually the judge was like, "Yo, this is bullshit." <laughs> but what? Right, right. But but what if you would have got a judge who was more on her side, who who was a bigoted, homophobic, Alabama? Bible Belt judge who was more on her side who really took that information to heart and wanted to punish you about it how how would you have handled that that's a really good question no one has ever asked me that before. yeah because I, you, we know how we know how this is we know how this world can be you lucked up and got a judge who was fucking reasonable but what if you would have got a judge that would have had a problem and there we go with you were being honest and living your truth and not and your wife know you was honest and your wife knew about it and she used right. that information against you and if you would have got a well, fucked up judge it would have been fucked up situation well I'll say it like this I do believe that the reason why it didn't impact me negatively is because I owned it right when her attorney because she hired an attorney and my parents at the time were terrified. They're like, okay, we're going to get an attorney. And I was like, I don't need an attorney. I don't need anybody to speak for me. You know, I don't, I don't need anybody to prove that I am, you know, 
I've been in my son's life. I'm a good father, and I'm going to continue to be that way. You know, and I'm just going to stand and live in my truth. Well, my son was three when, you know, about two or three when we, we divorced, and I got into a relationship with a trans woman. And from the time, you know, he was like three or four to the time he was maybe, maybe 13, we were together. You know, there were some breaks in between, but it was a it was a long period of time that we were together, and there was never an issue. So all of this happened. This 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 court, uh, this this custody battle happened maybe five years after she and I had, uh, not five years, but two years after she and I broke up. So I didn't understand where this was coming from because okay, you didn't do anything when I was with this trans woman, but now it's an issue. It just didn't make sense, but. The thing of the matter was, I didn't deny anything. I walked proudly in there and, you know, I correct their misgendering and their poor terminology. And, and I demanded that, you know, I be respected as well as, you know, even though she and I wasn't together, uh, you know, with uh, my girlfriend who was trans, that she be respected. So just owning it changed the story. So in answering your question, I don't know how I would have reacted, but it probably would have been. It probably would have got fired up because I probably would have lost it, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I just, uh, and I say that because we can always handle the good when it happens, but when the bad happens, it we it, it it's just it's just different. And I and I and I and I'm and I, it's not that I don't understand what you are trying to do, and I don't appreciate it and want that 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 new world that you're trying to create. It's just that me being a girl from not the old school, but I'm coming into my elder years. <laughs> I'm coming into I'm coming into my elder status. I'm a I'm a baby elder in my mind at work myself, my own life. I don't discuss my transness at work out of fear. And I know because I have been fired from my job or problems started to come up when my transness got out based on it wasn't it was some bullshit, but the bullshit was caused because they were trying to push me out because I was trans. So I've had experiences that proved to me that this world is not ready for me to stand in my truth and not be and be unaffected. So, yes, at home and out and I'm an activist and I go and do these conferences and I do these diversity trainings at um, companies and I do all these things out and open and proud. I'm not ashamed of it, but I have to be really selective, especially when it comes to my money, about what I put out there. And so when I talk to a dude who has that same mindset, yes, I don't mind taking you out on a date. I don't mind going to the movies with you, going to the mall with you, blah, 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 blah. But no, I'm not going to tell my mom. No, I'm not going to tell. I'm not. When they have these stipulations, it's hard for me to not sympathize with them because I do the same thing when it comes to me telling my business. So why would I expect them to be any different when we both know that there there are consequences that come with being out? Okay, but just something that I think as a man, you have to remember and understand. You live in this reality where you have to fight in a world that is against you. You know, uh, economically, housing, 
affects you, the criminal justice system, everything can affect you negatively just because you are living in your truth. But this is something that you do every day. Absolutely. Um, as a man, I think the worst things that I get now are maybe whispers behind my back. Nobody challenges me. Nobody challenges my manhood. Uh, it doesn't affect uh, you know, my career, my vocation. I worked for a company where I hired uh, the last girl I was in a relationship with. And uh, they knew she that she was trans. She, you know, it, it, it wasn't an issue, you know. So I think being visible and standing up really isn't that hard because the fear that we have is how we think people perceive us, but a lot of it is how we perceive ourselves. And that internalized transphobia, that internalized fear, I think is greater than what exists out there. Now, there are some guys whose situations are very, very different. But if you never take a step out, you know, if you never get in the water, you're not going to know if the water's cold. Yeah, because when we talk about conversations about celebrities and being honest about what they like, you know, they can lose money by being honest. They can lose a fan base. They can... We just saw, based on Sydney Starr's lie, Chingy lost his whole career and chances of a new a new one. You see what I'm saying? Just based on a lie that she later on admitted um, that she was lying. But, you know, his career faulted because of it. So, how, like... Like if I was a, there's some people who have a lot to lose, so it's hard. And I'm I'm only playing devil's advocate, kinda, um, because because I'm talking to you. If I I understand you, I want the world you're working for, but it it just it it makes it hard for me not to understand when a guy brings that to me. Okay, you know you know why what what really changed my mind is when I moved to California in 2006. Uh-huh got a chance to hang out in Hollywood. Um, and after that, I worked for a company that uh, an NBA player was part owner. So I got to go to all-star games, all-star game parties, things like that. So I was rubbing elbows with a lot of people, people in Hollywood, people, uh, you know, professional athletes and things of that nature. If I started name dropping rappers, athletes, actors that I seen messing with the girls, you know, messing with trans women, it would blow your mind, but you, but you you know that story yourself. So yeah, it wouldn't me, blow my mind. <laughs> right, right, right. But but if I not you, but other people, if if, if I just started to name drop, you yeah. know what I mean? They would, or if you would name drop, if, if, if you know, if y'all would just say, okay, blah 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 blah. Right. Guess what? You know, it would literally change the landscape because there are there are so many more men who are into trans women than people would ever believe. And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've I've talked to some of these guys, and these are famous guys, these are rappers, these are athletes. Because the girl I was with knew the girl they were with, and they're talking, and they're looking at me like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, he knows, he knows, he knows, you know. Yeah, motherfucker, I know, shit, I'm doing the same shit. No, I'm doing the same stuff you're doing. <laughs> you, know, you know, okay. So then the next time I see you, of course, I'm your boy now, you know, you know what I mean? You know, it, it's a whole different story, but you can see how 
his whole demeanor and how he interacted with me changed because he didn't have to worry about carrying that weight of what somebody's going to think or say because he's with this somebody just found out that this girl was trans you know so it's i i think if you knew how many guys were really out there and you saw these things it would change and that's what changed my entire perspective it's just like oh my god why am i why am i tripping i totally agree i feel like um when it comes to i think being able to see someone like yourself but it happens to us it usually just happens to us in a younger age i know one of one of your uh bullet points <laughs> your talking points is how you guys go through a transition as well and in early stages of our transition seeing other girls is a integral part of um you know giving us confidence about being ourselves and going out in the world as trans women and living our truth and knowing that we're not alone that is a really big part about when it comes to us getting comfortable navigating the space that we're going to navigate once we decide to live our truth. So I can kind of see how you all go through a transition in that process. Can you talk about um, milestones in the process from the time that you first started and the time that you are at now? What are some milestones that, that you, that really change your mindset? You just said one example in regards to being in that world, in that um, celebrity world. What other things happened to you that really were like milestones in getting you to where you are today? Well, in real life, in real time, thinking that I was ducking and dodging and hiding and no one knew my evil dark secret, I can remember old man Forrest who ran a retail shop across the street from the paint store that I ran for years. He used to always say something that really implied that I was into trans women. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it uh, PG. No, and we're I, not always, a motherfucking PG show. You okay. could be. He would always say, he, he, would, he would say, he said, he said, you like fucking them girls assholes. That's what he would say. <laughs> Just like that. Never, but but you know, you get so caught in your own fog, in your own head, you know, trapped in that Mobius loop of doing the same stupid things over and over again, expecting something different to happen, that you that you can't see what this man is telling you. And one milestone was I borrowed a tool from him. He was a handyman as well, and brought a tool from him. Went across the street before I could knock on the door. The door opened. One of the you know older trans women walked out. She knew me. She said, hi, Troy. And she kissed Forrest. And she got to her car, drove away. And he said, boy, I told you. <laughs> he said, I know you like that asshole, because I do too. Boom. You know? Wow. <laughs> you know? So how yeah. did he know? What was clues that he got? Because he knew her, and she knew, you know, one of the, you know, one of the younger girls that I was talking to. And I was wow. like, oh, this... It's a, oh, that's Troy. Where's across street? You know, she knew. You know, she knew who I was. Gotcha. And so he's like, uh, you know, and how do you know Troy? And then you know, you know, told him a little story, and you know, he's like, oh shoot. So he just never said anything, but he wasn't comfortable in having that conversation with me, even though he knew, and he knew, you know, and he knew that a lot of, you know, a lot of the girls knew me. Right. He wasn't comfortable 
and just bringing it up and saying it to me. So he would make his little cracks, hoping that I would take the bait and then talk about it, but I never did. And that's the problem that a lot of men have, not knowing how to have that discussion. Not knowing how to have that's, a conversation. Right, and to have a conversation about it. I mean, that's why, that's why we started a group about, it's about, been about a year and a half. It's called the Trans Supportive Brotherhood on Facebook. Nice. Uh, it's just men. Uh, you can be a cis man or a trans man, but you have to date trans women, you know, or be attracted to trans women. Uh, and we talk about the issues that we have. You know, we decided that we were going to include cis men and trans men because we are all men. We we can't discriminate. We can't do that. So this is a group for men to have these discussions and to support one another, uh, to have these hard conversations, to ask these questions, and to help us become better men and better friends, better brothers, better fathers, better partners, you know, and to be able to support trans women. That's why we call it the supportive brotherhood, because we're there to support each other and we're here to support our families and to the women that we love. So if we can interact and have these real hard conversations that we never have, I think we can become better people for it. You know, and we have to have a forum where it's comfortable, where guys feel safe, that they can ask anything, say anything, whether it be talk about things on a sexual nature and how you feel or how, how did your, one of the questions is how did your family react when we told them? And most of the stories are very positive. You know, some of them say, well, their parents had an issue in, in the beginning, but as they got to know her, things changed. So they're hearing all of these positive stories or stories from, I stopped talking to my parents, but we deal with her parents and, 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 and the supporting cast that we have, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a good place. So, so basically it's not the end of the world. Right. Exactly. Right. What is the name of the group again? It's the trans supportive brotherhood, trans supportive brotherhood. So I got a question. Yeah. In regards to mm, progressing you guys and um, and nurturing a space for you guys to grow, what are some of the things that you think that trans women do to inhibit it, to inhibit that growth? Without, without uh, bringing up too much in the past, I mm -hmm. think that there are a number of trans women who don't want some of these conversations to happen because it's best... I think there is a segment of some of these so-called activists who want to always paint men as the bad guy, you know, so that for some unknown reason, you, know, you have to, you have to have that, that, that victimhood or what have you. Yes, there is a problem with men dealing with their attraction to trans women and becoming violent. These are the men who are hurting women. These are the men who who uh, are so steeped in their own self-hate and doubt that they're lashing out and they're hurting these, these women, and it has to stop. I'll be the first one to say it, but I also think that we have to, we men have to be out there talking about it and pointing at these guys and telling these guys that this stuff cannot happen. 
this is not going to continue to happen because we are going to be here to support you ladies and we're going to be visible in public you know these guys hide in the shadows. these are the guys hiding in the shadows so this is why we in, in this group and the men that i deal with that we feel we have to be visible because the guys who are in the shadows are doing the killing the guys who are ashamed of who they are are doing the killing, are doing the hurting. And just to add you some know. context to this as well, at the end of the day, this is not just a trans issue. This is a black woman issue um, mm-hmm. because not only are we being killed by people that love us and date us and um, secretly is attracted to us, Black women as a whole, cis or trans, one of the leading cause of death that is not a disease is um, domestic partnership, intimate partner homicide. So people who and and we that's one thing. And we all know, if you look at the studies, that the, the group, the demographic that is least likely to date outside of their race is black women. So that's statistics shows that. So if you add those statistics, so we least likely (laughs) are to least likely date outside of our race. Who are we dating? Black men. If we are getting killed, (laughs) if the homicide rate by intimate partnership is us, this is the highest thing that is killing us. Then who is killing us? Black men. Black men. So, I feel like you said. I think it's a it's you guys' responsibility, and it's not it's not to call you guys out in regards to you know like you know on some bullshit like blaming every single guy. No, it's about me bringing that up. It's about a call to action, just like you're saying. You know, it's time for you guys to step up when it comes to regard to trans women. I think black men as a whole should step up and figure out why this toxic masculinity is so strong that we are killing our women when we can't handle a situation. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, it is, and it is toxic masculinity. It's holding on to archaic ideals of, well, number one, not understanding the difference between gender identity and sexuality. If you don't have a basic understanding of what those two things are, they're two different things you're going to struggle. Absolutely. Okay. If, if, if you don't know that, that trans women, you don't know the history. And, and most of the problems that we have in this country, on this planet, is about not understanding history and, and, and bringing it and putting it into context with today. Trans women have existed in indigenous cultures long before European colonialism, long before the religions of Abraham. That is undeniably true. There's many different places you can look you can look it up you can google it it's easy to find right it's not hidden yes we know they don't teach it in the school history books because um (laughs) the school history books are based in whiteness (laughs) so so no they're not gonna teach you know things based in patriarchy and whiteness so they're not gonna teach our stuff but it's out there for you to get right so but the information is there but we don't talk about it. And then, because I, I present a lot of, you know, this factual information in groups when they start talking about trans women or talking about gender and sexuality or, or the famous hotel line that uh, this 
trans stuff and this homosexual stuff was brought to uh, to America and to black people by the white man. Okay. <laughs> my, my, my immediate, because of history, because I understand the history even of this, of the North American continent, then what about Native Americans, two-spirited people? Mm-hmm. Okay. They existed long before the white man ever came here. And what oh. about the Adodi in African cultures? What about, there's a whole exactly. book um, about boy wives and sister husbands and how queer the African culture was before colonialism. Right, but 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 even to to, to, to make that statement, you know, you can you can you can you don't even have to go back as far as Africa. You can talk about this continent without even jumping back that way. Right. So 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 your whole for a hotel, your whole argument is squashed because you're saying that the white man brought it to the shores, but it existed before the white man got here. So you're wrong. Right. And then, then you start to talk about the indigenous cultures all around the world in Africa, uh, uh, North America, South America, you know, uh, uh, all over the, the Pacific Rim. This has existed for thousands of years. So if this has existed for thousands of years, what changed? But like you say, a patriarchy, European colonialism, a religion, you know, the, the demonization of women through the Abrahamic religions. The story of Eve is she gave knowledge, the fruit from the tree of knowledge, to, to Adam, to a man. And that knowledge was bad, but that's not the original story. The original story was stolen from ancient Tibet, ancient Egypt, where uh, the pharaoh's wife gave the pharaoh the fruit from the tree of knowledge to make him a better husband and a better leader. That's positive. That is positive. That is that that woman gave that man knowledge. Absolutely. But the feminine has been demonized through religion. For capital gain, capitalistic gain. Let me create this institution of marriage so I can have a live-in servant. (laughs) Exactly. So I can have somebody to work the lands with me that can give me babies, so that can work the lands with me, Uh that can. you know, this is this is, uh, I just it's just annoying. <laughs> so, 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 but but when you know history, right, and you understand history about everything, and then you can go that and talking about racism and talk. But when you know the history, when you know everything behind it, it changes your perspective and how you view it. So I learned the history of trans women. I learned the history of of of, of, of trans individuals in indigenous cultures long before. You know, you know, in Africa, in in North America, in the Pacific Rim, and all of these places where it thrived, and and it was a part of the culture. But then Europeans came in with their religion and and, and with their puritanical and and, and uh, patriarchy. They they just destroyed it, and they literally erased history. Right. So, if you understand history, then you understand that this is something that just comes natural. This is something that there's nothing wrong with it. Trans women are beautiful. I mean. Okay, if you're a man and you like women, you're going to see a woman not knowing if she's trans or not, you will be attracted to her. Okay, now you can talk about there are some differences. Okay, some getting used to it, some can, some can't. But at the end of the day, it has existed and it's not that big a deal. And I think that we are so socially conditioned to think one way. We can't open our minds. We don't want to look at facts. We don't want to look at real knowledge. And that's the problem. And I think part of the platforms to teach history, to help men understand who they are, to show them that standing up 
makes a difference. It'll make a difference in your own life and to the people around you. And that's important. So what are the things that, in regards to taking, once you got the knowledge, uh-huh. and was Toy the, um, was the first long-term yes. relationship you were in? Yes. So yes. M- making that leap from, okay, I'm having these, you know, maybe not one night stands, but these continuous one night, <laughs> couple of night stands. I'm having these sexual relationships, these friendships, but I'm not moving forward to a serious long-term um, build something with you relationship. How did you get from being a chaser and just experience and enjoying the experience of being with a trans woman sexually to get into the point where, okay, I, I might, this might be something I want to do long term. So how, what, how did that change and come about? Okay. Well, I have to go back to, let me, let me talk about being a chaser real quick. When men first start having sex with women, they become chasers. When I got my first piece of pussy, I was a chaser. Of pussy. Okay. <laughs> I was chasing a pussy. Yeah. I was, I, I was, and I was good at it. Um, that's, I think that's part of our DNA, part of our makeup, part of how we men are wired. When I first got some, like, hey, I like this. Let me try some of that, you know. Or as as I heard somebody say, and I'm not going to take credit for it, but you know, I was like uh, Ash Ketchum from a Pokemon. Got to catch them all kind of thing. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, and you, know, you do that when you're with cis women, but then you turn around and do that when you're with trans women. There is a different dynamic, but we all start as chasers. How I finally just kind of gave up and got with Toy. Before I met Toy, I was married. I had had some relationships with trans women who didn't know I was married and I was faking the funk and I was a mess. But I got married again to the same woman. Please don't judge me. (laughs) So y'all got divorced and and remarried. Yes. yes, Please don't don't judge me. I, we ended up, you know, she got pregnant. We stopped having sex. I started having side pieces. They were all cis women. And the last one, happened to be a cis woman who was trans attracted trans woman attracted she loved trans women she would buy porn she would buy magazines she would on the, on the, the internet when it was new and showing me stuff and i'm saying to myself good god almighty what in the hell is going on so for her birthday she wanted a special treat a threesome with a trans woman We'll make a long story short, after we were done, if you remember the scene from uh, Harlem Nights when Richie Vito was, when he was, uh, after Sunshine said that, Richie, I think I love you. He <laughs> called his wife. Uh-huh. I, I literally sat on the edge of the bed. Uh, the, the trans woman who we had this threesome with left. Um, my girlfriend, my side piece at the time, was so excited and she had such a great time. I put my clothes on. It was her birthday. She said, baby, you don't have to go anywhere. And I said, look, let me tell you something. I've been fighting. You know, I told her I'd been dating trans women since 1984. When I got remarried, you know, I stopped again. And I've been, you know, trans woman free for three years. But this little thing that we did pretty much convinced me that that's the lane I'm going to take. Uh, happy birthday. I'm out. 
Damn. Yeah. So, after that. I uh, know she was home. pissed off. I done had this threesome thinking I'm doing some freaky ass shit and it done made me lose my trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the, the, the sad part was a mutual friend introduced us and the mutual friend follows me on Facebook. And, you know, my, my Facebook my Facebook friends are everybody in my life. Friends, family, cousins, aunts, uh, exes, mothers, people's mothers I grew up with, uh, co-workers. Everybody's on my Facebook page. So, uncles, everybody. So, she reads some of my stuff and it's just like, am I reading what I, yes, you're reading what you're reading, yes. You know, I they transferred exclusively well and does you know miss x know and i'm like mm, that's something you need to talk to her about you know <laughs> <laughs> now she worried about does the x know and she was the side piece no no that's what she's talking about the side piece no she's talking about the side piece no, oh okay the side piece. she will want to know because that's who introduced us oh i know? see and so so she was like well does she know I maybe you should talk to her Maybe you should talk to her. Whenever I see her, I see her on rare occasions. She speaks. But, but she still was a side piece outside of your wife. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but she didn't think that nah, that's, that's a whole other It goes to a deep level, deeper level when it comes to a trans woman. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, after that, I met, you know, I, I met Toy, and I said, you know what? You know, this is, this is I'm, 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 you know, I'm not going to just stick my toe in the water. I'm jumping in the water. And we went through a lot of highs and lows, some great, fantastic times, some horrible, just nasty times, you know, because that was literally my first real relationship where I was monogamous, where I wasn't chasing after trans women on the side or had cis women or married. And that was the first time in my life that I was in a monogamous relationship. Wow. So tell me this. What may, if you, out of the women that you were dating previous to toy what made toy the one you wanted to try was was it just that oh my god i'm ready right at this moment and you're the one i'm talking to or what did she have some qualities about her that made her the pick me well part of it was timing i was i was finally ready that i think that was you talked about milestones that was a milestone that was something that literally just like that veil was finally lifted. It was like, you know, why am I, why, why do I keep, and I, and I call it the, the Mobius loop where, you know, I, okay, I know I, I've just, I discovered trans women. I, I had sex with them. Oh my God, it's great. I'm, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Oh my God, I think, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. Let me go get some pussy. Okay, I'm gonna fuck all these, these cis women. Ooh, yeah, look at me. Yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, damn. Damn, I sure wish I could get me one of them. And then, oh, damn, yeah, okay. Then I start messing with trans one again. I'm feeling good. Then I say, oh my God. Oh my God, why am I doing this? Oh, what is this? Let me go get some pussy. And I kept doing that. That is years. funny. So it's like this perpetual cycle of right. shaming yourself to um you kind of shaming yourself and using pussy as therapy we talked about i talked about this on another episode right how men uh-huh. use pussy as therapy so i'm shaming myself for what i like to and then i'm going to get pussy for therapy to prove i'm a man 
um, uh-huh. harming these women, harming these women in the wake, <laughs> cheating on them or using them, using and abusing them, possibly passing diseases. Then that urge come back again, and then oh, it's exciting again. Blah 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 blah, and then back, then back to shaming myself, and the cycle continues. Exactly, and that's okay. and, 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 and after we finish this, I want to talk about that collateral damage that we do. Right, that's very very important, and, and that's a discussion that we are having with the brothers. Uh, to to, and I want them to be aware of it. But you know, after it was just timing with Toy, uh, she was right. just we we went out, and I, I've been out with trans women before. You know, been on dates and things of that nature. But we went out, and we went to a place that was near my job, and she ended up knowing some people there and she was just curious on my reactions like because i just i just really just didn't give a shit anymore i didn't care who saw me or if they even figured it out or if they knew i just didn't give a shit anymore i just didn't i just i was tired i was tired of just faking the funk i was tired of wasting time money the, the, the emotional all of the emotional capital that i had to spend Lying takes a whole lot of effort and memory and drive. It's just too much. It's too. It was too much to deal with. I was fed up living like that. Mm. And but what I didn't realize is that I really didn't know how to be in a relationship because I was so used to keeping stuff close to my chest and lying about stuff and not sharing that. At the beginning of our relationship, it was really rocky because I would just lie about stupid shit. Because I wasn't used to telling the truth. Wow. You know, I didn't know how to be in a relationship because I was so I was so damaged and that collateral damage that I did to myself from having and making all of these bad habits. And then not, you know, that's why a lot of the guys call me Yoda, because you have to unlearn what you have learned in order for you to walk forward, you know. We've always make a lot of it's it's kind of geeky. I don't know why all the guys are pretty pretty geeky, but you know we use the Star Wars analogy that that you know <laughs> you know you have a dark side where you're 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 literally just living by emotion, that desire, you know, because one thing people don't talk about is how <sighs> sexual to trans woman is is the shit, and that shit is emotionally visually visually physically it, it is it is it, it, it takes you to you know for, for for me and for for a lot of other guys it takes you to another level so and I, one of the things that i i want to point out is because pussy is good too let's uh-huh. let's not take away yes. pussy yes. is good yes. too but that and and i don't want to compare cis women and trans women because it's just it's 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 some some things are similar and some things are different uh-huh. but one of exactly. the things that um that you gotta add to the flavor of a trans woman is the taboo of it makes it even more intoxicating. Now, it that might numb itself when you become open and you know, and it just be something that you just do. But especially in that tranny chaser stage, it becomes intoxicating to some guys where it's not. This is where 
sex with a cisgender woman is just this is what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm men are raised to be pussy chasers. Like they're like it's, it, it, it's ingrained in them since they're little. When you see little boys doing little manish stuff, it's cute. They like oh that's cute. But when you see a little girl, she's demonized. She's like oh why are you being fast? You need to put your skirt down or whatever. She could be doing the rant. She could be dancing or too hot in this dress and her skirt can. She can pull her skirt up just because she high, and it had nothing to do with sex, and people was talking about how she fast. But a little boy right. is just totally different. So sex is, is in, chasing pussy is ingrained in men uh-huh. by conditioning, but not this not this type of pussy. <laughs> not not right. this trans. It, this is like, no, 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 no. You, this is gay. This is not what you do. But, this but, is but, no. But, but this, is, this is the other, this is the other key. And I, I, I ran into, well, not necessarily ran into, but there was a, there's a radio host here. He's been on the radio here for a long time. When he was exiled to AM radio, they were having a discussion. This sports guy said uh, he doesn't have any respect for men who date trans women. Something wrong with him, blah, 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 blah. So they were on the radio. This is drive time. This is during, during the afternoon. Now, the, the host of the show knows me by voice, okay? Uh, so I call in, and, and, the, and the sportscaster, he knows me. So I call in, and I said, hey, I didn't know you had a problem with me, brother. Oh, no, Troy, you my boy, you know, such and such and such. I'm like, I said, you do realize that you have never seen with a cis woman. Well, what's that? I said, well, that's, uh, I said, I'll only date trans women. So the host of the show goes, wait a minute. I said, think about it. I said, when was the last time you saw me? He remembered exactly where he saw me. And I said, think of the girl I was with, her. And I was with Toy. Toy was with me that day. And he goes, her? I said, yes. And I said, well, and his sports guy hit on Toy a number of times. I almost feel it from you. Oh, my God, such and such and such. You know, I said, you guys are on the radio. You're in a a major city. I said, you have a responsibility to not spread this hate. I said, because you know me. I said, they know, I, I'm Troy Kennedy. You know, that's not a made-up name. That is who I am. You know, I said, you know my mother. You got my mother's phone number. You can call her and ask. You know, I'm not just saying this to say this. You know, but you have a responsibility to not continue to to perpetrate this hate and this 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 this. this these lies and this deception, you, it's wrong and it's wrong. And if you are in a position of power, you can't, you know, demonize people because that is, you know, that is how it's been done for so long. It's wrong. And because you know me, you going to respect me as a man. Cause that's what the fuck I am. You yeah, see what I'm saying? And, 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 and even in that, even in that position, you taking that step to say, hey, you know who I am. This ain't no secret. You know who right. I am. You know the type of man that I am. So right. so you saying that you got a problem and you can't respect somebody who date us, but you respect me. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so you do. You know, so you're actually not telling the truth. And right. you're using your platform to stigmatize women that I date, stigmatize women, a woman that I love, and stigmatize me as a man who date these women. So, and it's just based on ignorance. And it's right. And so, and so th- this, is, this is the job that men have to do. And so when you talk about collateral damage, 
what they were doing is damaging to the trans community. You know, you're saying that you don't have respect for those men, and, and they went off into a rift of, 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 of this rift of, you know, uh, talking about how, you know, trans women fool men. No. I mean, that does that happen? Yes. But for the most part, guys know exactly who they're going for. They exactly they know what's happening. You know, they are pursuing trans women. These are men from every walk of life, celebrities on down to the homeboys in the hood. We all do it. White, black, every color, every ethnicity, Arab, doesn't matter. We like the girls. We do. You know, but nobody talks about it. It is that unspoken thing. And because of that that shadowed existence, because of that that that, that hiding and the shame and the and the taboo and, and, and not knowing the difference between gender and sexuality. That darkness, I, I truly believe, builds that self-hate and that doubt and that and that violence and that toxic, just that toxic masculinity, that toxic just sludge, and, and it boils up and then it turns into violence. And if you if you step into the light, all of that burns off and it goes away because there's nothing wrong with it. Mm. Absolutely. Well, so what are the steps? So if, if we're going past, because we were talking uh, um, earlier this week and I was and I had said um, trans attracted. And that's one of the words that, um, you know, I use to describe men. And that is and that's a graduation from when I called them tranny chasers <laughs> that was a graduate from i'm trying to say okay how can i how can i um you know be more respectful in uh in um titling them you know because i'm 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 definitely not opposed to labels i'm definitely one of the people who don't have a problem with certain labels um so i started calling them trans attracted and then i heard you say a word trans amorous and i was like okay so is that the new politically correct word i know our words change and language change all the time so is that the new political politically correct word and you was like yeah and then I asked you why just to you know engage in a conversation about it and you was like you know I'm kind of tired of the trans 101 trans attracted 101 we got to move past that so what are the things in the future that you want to see what are the steps or um, things that we can do as trans women and trans amorous men can do to move society forward what are some of the things that you're working on or that you would like to see start this conversation about what our evolution you know what what the, the, the what a tranny child that tranny chaser becomes you know that, that initial attraction to a trans woman how it goes from there to becoming amorous and supportive because all of these are stages again all men when they when they get their first piece of pussy they they start chasing you know, when they, when they meet trans women, they start chasing. That, that's a given. It happens. Okay, but at some point, you realize that that, that attraction is strong and maybe stronger than, than your attraction to cis women. doesn't change. You still like women, but you just have a preference for trans women. That's when you realize that you're, you're really attracted to trans women. Again, nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the terminology. But at some point, that attraction changes because then you start to fall in love. When I met Toy, just everything changed. I, I fell in love with her. I, life became different. We we lived together for a number of years. Again, we had ups and downs. We you know marriage laws were different then 
you know, I think if marriage laws would have been like they are today, we probably would have got married back then, and it would have maybe have changed some of the dynamics of our relationship because me being married twice and dealing with all of the drama that I had to deal with with my ex-wife, I, I believe put a strain on her and making her feel, you know, that she couldn't get to that level. But I was with her for, like I said, you know, nine and a half years. I was married my wife twice. I don't think I was with her for four years, four and a half years total. So um, that's in both marriages. So, you know, I had more tenure and longevity with Toy than I did when I was married. So um, then the, the, the long-term relationship I have to that for two and a half years, my first marriage only lasted 18 months. So still, you know, second lasted, you know, right about three years, but it, it just, it is what it was. So, you know, but anyway, getting back to talking about transamorous, uh, then transportive, we go through steps and stages. We get attracted. We, we fall in love, you know, but when you fall in love, you start to see how the challenges that trans women, because spending more time with the trans woman, being in her life, being a part, a, a visible, open partner, you start to see a lot of the challenges that you would ignore when you were just chasing. Because all you're doing is getting you some ass. You're just busting a nut. You change because you, you start to see your eyes get to open. You, you see the hurt. You see how horrible this this society is towards this woman that you love, that you spend time with every day. And you have no choice but to, you love her, but you have to support her. And so supportive meaning support her, support yourself, support brothers who are like you and couples who are like you and, 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 and people who, you know, we have to become a part of this community. And I think that transition from being this predator who's literally swimming like a shark waiting for the seals to come off the, you know, off the rock to, you know, to, to being a part of that, that, that pod of seals or what have you, you know, because you see the dangers that are there. It's good that you say you that her. because one of the things that I always have, I emphasize when I talk to guys in the privacy of my own home, like, you know, there's some guys who I only fuck. Like, I'm not trying to be in a relationship with you because you, I know you ain't shit, but your dick is good. So, that's what it is. So, uh, but when we have those those moments of conversation where we're being because it's because I'm an I'm an intelligent woman. Sometimes I, don't, I I'm I'm automatically too deep. Like if you say some shit that's kind of weird, or I'm not the type of person that is gonna dumb myself down. So sometimes our conversation sparks, and I try to explain to them. You know, a lot of times they don't think that they are in this community, but you are <laughs> like you, 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 you don't take on a gay label. You don't take on the LGBT label. You don't take on the labels that we might take on, but you are a part of this community because you are in relationship with us, not necessarily, um, romantic relationship but it's a sexual relationship we have we engage with each, each other so you are a part of this community you and even the stigma the whole stigma of, of while why you are being fearful and why you are being closeted 
it's because you are part of the community. You want people to know that you're a part of the community. You are right. a part of this community. You just the you're just the ones who date us. <laughs> right, right. And 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 in saying all of that, you know, like you and I have known each other for like when you were talking to the, the other guy uh, about the evolution of the internet and social media. And, you know, he talked about Black Planet and AOL and Yahoo groups and all of that stuff. I mean, I remember all of that. Nude Africa, we, Craigslist. Nude Africa, right. We, 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 we've interacted since way, way back then, you know, mm-hmm. on, on on those fledgling social media platforms. So it's been a number of years. And I think one of the hard things about being a guy who dates trans women, you have women who are your friends, like you and I are friends. Mm-hmm. And do you know how difficult it is for me? Because I do know a number of trans women. When I hear a trans woman is killed in this city, and I know people who live there, right? It, 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 it sends a chill down my spine. You know, uh, in fact, one young lady, you know, I, I sit on the board for an American Legion post, and we have uh, an after hours for the LGBT community. And there was a young lady uh, who uh, left the club. We don't close until 5, 5.30, depending on the night. And uh, she went off on a stroll and got killed. Mm. So I literally saw her a couple of hours before somebody gunned her down. You know, so this stuff is, like, real. This stuff happens in real time, you know, and it affects men who, who, who date trans women. I mean, I, I felt terrible. I mean, I really didn't know the girl. But I saw her. I had saw her a few hours before, and it's like, wow, she's dead. You know, this is, this is, I did, this is incredible. Somebody just literally just gunned down this girl, and having, you know, friends, knowing people, and having that worry, or even being in a relationship, knowing that when my woman's not with me, she's in danger. Or when she is. I, I know a trans woman who got killed with her boyfriend. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it's it's not it's not just um it's 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 crazy. That that part that side of the that side of the um our narrative and that side of our um existence is the scary part. You never know. I don't I know me personally, I don't wanna be a statistic. I don't want to um I don't want to be a part of the <laughs> transgender day of remembrance next year. I don't want to, um, it, 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 but those things kind of change my life in regards to, um, how I maneuver in the world. It's two things that I learned from this conversation today. One of the things is a guy is, is never going to be the guy you want him to be until he is ready. Right. So, it, it all these things that I am doing to make myself the perfect girl, all these surgeries to be passable, all, you know, trying to make the amount of money that I make, it really doesn't matter. If you are engaging with a dude who is really hasn't come to grips with what he wants to be and who he wants to be in this world, it doesn't matter that you have all of these things because if he's not ready to be that guy, he's not going to be. Um and I engage with the world in a way that keeps me safe because I no longer play the tricking game. I no longer play the um, 
the I, I haven't escorted since um oh nine. So I'm I'm not in the hustle game no more. So I've adjusted my life to where I'm taking less risk and that doesn't and I don't want to uh, respectability respectability never saved anyone <laughs> please believe that being the respectable little negro or being the respectable little tranny does not save you from being killed because you can be the perfect girl out here quote unquote perfect um girl out here and still be murdered um you don't have to be prostituting to be murdered you, you and even honesty is not a bulletproof vest because we can tell by Islan Nettles, she was walking down the street and people tried to holler at her and she was upfront and honest right then in that moment and told them that I'm a transsexual and he murdered her. So even being honest does not save you. So I know right. that how that's but, toxic. That's toxic masculinity. Absolutely. So I now in my journey I I, I have cut I, my my home my homeboy called me he says, I'm going into my bitter old tranny phase <laughs> where I'm, I'm just taking care of myself, live my life and not even, even pursuing relationships with men because of the toxic situation. Like I, I make my own money now. Um, I don't deal with, I'm too, the veil has been lifted so much that I can't even deal with men who are on the down low. Like it's, I can't even outside of, um, you know, just me, cause I'm, you know, I'm human and I want to get a nut when I want to get a nut. But outside of that, I can't even play with you. Like, like, oh yeah, we're going to be in a relationship together. And I deal with some of the things that I dealt with in my past. So that's where I'm at. Where are you at in regards well, to your life? Well, literally we're, 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 even though the, the paths are a little different. I mean, in the beginning, you know, I was messing up with a lot of escorts. I was doing things of that nature. You know, I would hit the stroll or whatever, or, or you know, trick with the girls until I got into dating the girls. Um, and I would date girls who did sex work, you know, because I can always use that as an excuse if they found out I was married and found out I had a girlfriend, you know, I was dating cis women, well, you know, escorting. It's an excuse. It's an easy out. It's an easy out. So I didn't care at that time, you know, but fast forward into the future, you know, I'm to the point now where, you know, I there's a, a number of young ladies who hit me up on a regular, but, you know, where you are in your life right now, I've, I've been there and done that. I, I, can't, I, I can't hold your hand. I can't help you grow. You're, you're in a stage where I can't. Even though you nice to look at, you might, you, I, I, I might, I might ride, I go for a ride with you, but that's hollow, and I really don't want that anymore. Every once in a while, I might have to break somebody off a piece of that funk, but it is way much rarer than it than it has been in the past. I want something more substantial. You know, I don't want to have this platform, and then everybody say, "Oh, well, he fucking everything that moves." You know, I just, that, I don't want to be that guy and not necessarily, you know, to be, you know, you know, Mr. Perfect or what have you, but I just don't, I don't, I think that takes away from the narrative, you know, and I would rather much be in a long-term relationship and have someone who supports what I do because I have passion for this and we walk down this path together. So. You know, I can't deal with the things that I dealt with in the past. I need a past. I need someone who's more 
uh, stable, grounded. Um, I think she has to have gone through the fires a little bit because I, I think the fires that we both have walked through uh, forced us into the people that we are today. I, there are some things that, that are regrettable, but they made me the man that I am today. And without them, I don't know if I would be where I am at, I'm at. So I just want somebody who is at this point uh, matches me in my evolution. Somebody who can grow with me, somebody who uh, has passion to try to help to shift the paradigm because this has to change. We can't keep having these transgender day of remembrance when men like me are killing the girls. We can't have that. I got another question that I haven't heard a trans amorous man asked. Um, what part did HIV and AIDS play when it comes to your engagement with trans women? Because, you know, sometimes I hear when you're, when you are talking, not you particularly, but when I, when I talk to guys, I hear that, I hear like a rumble that they're, that because that is a part of the LGBT community, especially on the um, assigned male at birth side, whether it be gay men or trans women or blah, blah, blah. Um, I know that that's, that's something that they have to, especially that they have to consider. And I also know that, especially when it comes to, they're a part of the conversation when black women, because the rates that the, the rates of new cases of HIV, um, black women uh-huh. dominated. And so one of the reasons they say is because of down low men going on both sides. So when you and I and basically because I know your age, when you when you started to play in the world was like nineties and eighties, um, nineties, and that that time. So w- how is your mindset about HIV in regards to this lifestyle? Because I know me as a trans woman, it's been it was used by my family well to deter me from this path. Um, they say, well, you uh, know, if you go down that route, you're going to get AIDS. You're going to be down uh, there at the hospital trying to get medication. Uh-huh. Um, it ju- it was something that was thrown in my face from a w- prior to my transition when they thought that I was going to. I remember my uncles. I didn't have it. I wasn't having sex. I didn't have any concept of any of this when at this time. But my uncles was there was a gay club and I didn't know it was a gay club because I wasn't old enough. But there was a gay club that was not far from my um my um my apartment and my uncles would come over and tell my mom um you need to stop having that boy up under you because he gonna turn out to be one of them punks down there at that club down there and they would you know he end up being gay and then be being with this disease for the gay niggas uh, and it was a part of the narrative was hiv aids a part of the narrative i know it was but how did you navigate that and what did you think about it how do you think about it now? First of all, HIV has been, you know, I, I think demonized totally towards the gay community because after, you know, the 90s, um, it affected the black community as a whole and right. not just not just the gay community right. or, or, or the trans community. So, um, learning to get educated, getting tested, learning to get educated, um, um, understanding what it means you know one of the things that i, I you know i share a lot on facebook is, is that you know um if, if you're undetectable um you, 
chance of transmitting HIV. Lower chance. So that people need to get tested. They need to understand their status. Uh, they need to talk about it. Uh, and, you know, and you need to protect yourself. Um, it's just it's, it, unfortunate, but this is a part of, I think, black sexuality at this point. You know, this is something that's real. This is something that, that's unfortunately uh, a part of the conversation. Um, but it all can be navigated by being real, being honest, taking care of yourself, um, you know, getting tested, um, and, and, and talking to your partners. It's just it's, it's just really, really important that and, and that you understand, like with, all, with everything, it's about education. You know, understanding uh, getting tested, there's difference between HIV and AIDS and all of that. Right, and having those real sit-down, honest conversations about sex. Honest about your status, honest about what you do and what you don't like to do, and, you know, risk you don't mind taking and risk you don't want to take. Just real, honest conversations about sex. That's just what adults do. Like with my sons. We have the condom drawer. When they got old enough, you had a conversation. There's one rule for the condom drawer. You cannot go empty. You better tell me if I'm getting down to a few of them in there. So if I reach in my condom drawer and I don't have none, I'm kicking your ass. It's just that simple. So, but you can take them. You know, you don't want to have babies, you know, uh, when you're young. Uh, my son, my granddaughter wasn't born until I was about 49. He was 28 when my granddaughter was born. You know, he listened. You know, my other son, he's 20. No kids, hasn't got a girl pregnant. You know, you, you talk about sex. You know, you talk about your sex with your sons, you know. Um, you know, my sons happen to know about dating trans women, you know, because we talk about it. We have those conversations because, you know, for the better part of, you know, 10 years, you know, their stepmother was a woman of trans, black trans woman. So, you know. So you have to have those kind of conversations with with, with your kids and, and with each other, and with I, yourself. I, I ask that because of just my own experiences in regards to um, watching sexual practices. Like guys who are like in the closet on a down low, I would ha- I was I know I watch them and I see how they engage with people and they just seem like. Um, they're willing to take a little bit more risk than people who seem to look, be a little bit more open. Like they, because it's a, it's, it's this taboo and because it's this, um, oh, I'm in the heat of the moment. It's so many times that I've wanted to hook up with a guy and he's trying to fuck me raw and it's our first time hooking up. Like it just right. seems like when they're on that, and this is the same dude who, uh, who wants you to cut off the porch light so he can walk up and just unlock the door. <laughs> just cut off the porch light and unlock the door so I can just walk in so I don't have to knock and just, and I can just come in. <laughs> they is, have, is, you, anybody, is anybody going to be there? I mean, who you, who be you there. stay with? <laughs> yeah, who you stay with? Ain't, ain't nobody going to be there. All of this kind of... Why they sitting on the porch? Why they sitting up? Can you tell <laughs> All of that. <laughs> All of that. Young ass shit. Y'all worried about that. But when you come in the house, you ain't worried about putting no condom on. Or you're not worried about me putting no condom on. You just bend it over with your asshole open. Yeah. 
so it's yeah. But you know what? But 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 I was I was when I when I was young and I first got my first piece of pussy. I'm surprised I ain't got three thousand kids. To be perfectly honest, I I got my two sons and that's it. Um, I'm 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 shocked to be on belief that uh you know I was one of them brothers that you know because I I was very risky. I was very very risky. I, I'm just blessed. I think. That so just, so tell me why? Why were you willing? Was it just the heat of the moment? Um, why? What was the risky part? We were not even thinking about it. It hmm. wasn't even something that was on my mind. Even get, get girls pregnant, it really wasn't something that was on my mind. Hmm. It just, it just, you don't, you don't think about it. Just, and I can it, say it, that with it. myself. I remember, um, not since I've been older. Since I've been older, it's been. In, um, I'm definitely a little bit way more careful than when I was when I was younger. When I was like when I was losing my virginity, I don't remember wearing a condom. Um, I didn't start having like sex for, um, uh, consistently until I was like 23. So when, when I got, and it, I was in a relationship, I wasn't using no condoms. Not that I was fully trusting him, but we were living together. So that was uh, in my mind, my dumb, <laughs> my dumb young mind. I'm like, Oh, we live together. Nothing could happen. Not knowing what he could be doing when I'm at work or he at work, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I do remember a situation, one situation where, you know, it it was just the heat of the moment. And I felt, I, I don't know, I get, this is dumb, but I, it was in the moment. And I was, and I felt like this dude that I was with was everything and it was it wasn't no um relationship or nothing it was just a hookup but i had something to prove in this situation and i wanted the his experience with me to be at the peak of enjoyment <laughs> i cared about even though so i had wanted, just, so you wanted to blow, you wanted to blow his nose over exactly i wanted to be at the peak of enjoyment from anything i did to him i wanted him to feel it i wanted him to feel it all <laughs> so so when he asked me to to take the condom off in the moment i was like okay <laughs> it, it was like i don't know it was i can't say that i thought about it uh, like i just was like oh okay it just went for it um and then after we was done and we was laying there we both it was so, so funny I, if i ever create a movie this is gonna be a scene in a movie uh, we were sitting there and we, we had got done and we were both laying on our back like looking up at the ceiling like panting and sweating and <laughs> uh -huh. this was good and and we at the same exact time both looked at each other and was like you ain't got nothing right <laughs> which at that point is too fucking late but you know but it was funny in the moment um, just in, in my hindsight looking at it um, but I remember that moment, so I understand the riskiness. But e but after that moment, I I knew because I had to think about it after, and was like, what? And I've been tested since then, so I know it's cool. But uh, what if would that have been worth it? It wouldn't have been after, of course. <laughs> it wouldn't have been worth it. Um, but it was like I knew in that moment it wasn't worth it. But I just took the risk. And so I haven't done that in 
since then, but it's like, uh, it's like I always wondered on the opposite end, do you guys worry about it like we worry about it? And I'm sure there's some girls out here risking too. Right. I mean, uh, uh, of course you do. You, you do worry about it and you, you know, you have to think, you know, um, again, I, 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 like I said, the conference drawer is always full. So that's uh, that's always a good thing. Um, I never have to worry about it. <laughs> so it's just, and, and, and even now I don't, I don't have sex as I have sex rarely now. I am not as sexually active as I used to be. I used to be a bit of a bit of a whore, but I've <laughs> I've, I've definitely slowed down uh, in my old age because I, I need something more. I, you know, I, I need something more intellectually stimulating. I need to be able to have conversations with you. My thing now is if after we get through finish, we can't have a deep diving conversation. You know, at breakfast the next morning, then that interaction was useless. So I, I just. A one night stands don't do anything for me. You know, like I said, the temptation is there. I will not ever lie about that. Uh, I haven't. I've been pretty. I've been a pretty good Troy. I'll say that much. Pretty good. <laughs> so, what do you think trans women can do to help you guys out in regards to pushing stuff forward? What can we do? Well, again, Again, I think you need to realize again where a guy is in his in his transition within his evolution, mm-hmm. recognizing it and being honest with yourself about it. How do you do that? And like you said, well, like you said, you, you know that there, there's some guys will never, you know, some guys are just in it for just the sex. They're just they're just chasers. That's all they're going to be. They're ne- never going to be able to take that ne- next step. Now, if you continue to entertain him and expect him to change, like you said. He's not going to change until he's ready. Then that's that's your fault. So you, trans women, have to be able to recognize where a guy is and accept where he is because that's where he is. You're not going to push him to the next level. He will get there eventually, hopefully. But you have to understand where a guy is now. Once you know where he is, then that's how your interaction towards him would be and wait 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 wait. let me let me explain something because it's hard Uh i'm I'm a woman with experience so this is let me give you an example because this is recently for me so i meet a guy he's not engaging with me like a typical tranny chaser trying to come to see me late at night trying to just talk about sex he's engaging with me on you know, a really respectful level because some guys are just taught right. And even though they could be trash-ass niggas, they're taught right so they engage in the right way. You, you see what I'm right. saying? So I meet him, and he's engaging in this great way. We're having great conversation, and we just dis- we decide to start to get to know each other. So I lay my expectations down from the get-go. Like, look, I am not um, looking for a fuck buddy. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody to date and get to know. If it leads to us hooking up on a sexual level, let it lead there naturally. But I'm looking for someone to date and get to know, hang out with, have fun. Boom, 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 boom. So I lay all of these things. And and I say, if you're not looking to be more than just a fuck buddy, then... um, let me know and then we can we can move on from each other because you know this ain't what it this ain't what we not looking for each other so he's like oh i'm looking for that too and 
and you know i have great conversations with you you cool as hell you beautiful blah 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 blah, blah. i just like your personality and i'm looking for the same exact thing great we start today we start to get to know each other boom 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 and then all of a sudden oh this is just i mean i i just wanted to be friends um i just wanted it to you know I, it's now i'm reneging from the situation when you knew i let you know from the gate that this is what's up and it's and it, i mean that's no different than um how we do cis women. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it as a, like it's just us. No, I know cis women go through that too. But why? Why not get a chick that's down to fuck instead of fucking wasting a chick that's looking for something more? It's time. Why not just go? With... I, you know what? I can't. I, I, I've been guilty of, of being that guy. I was that guy. I was that fella. <laughs> um, it's selfish. It's self-centered. It's bullshit. Um, yeah, yeah, I was that guy. So I understand what you're saying, but uh, it, I guess in time, time always tells you. You, you, you can talk a good game and act a good game, but you can only do it for so long. And then when you start seeing the signs, don't ignore them, you know, uh, challenge him, uh, and don't allow him to, you know, charm you out of, you know, your panties because he seems to be a good guy and, and he's doing the right things, but his actions, some of his actions are shady. Some of and his actions are. For me, I don't not, like I don't to maneuver my, I, I like to have sex on my own terms and I like to, um, you know, if I want to fuck you, then cool, let's do it. But I don't, I don't like it to be I'm holding this treasure back from you. If we, if we been dating for a couple of months and we fucking Netflix, Netflix and chilling, and I want to fuck you, cool, let's do that. I don't like it to be like, oh, you gotta jump through these hoops to get some fucking pussy. I don't. I, that's not what I like because I feel like that's childish. I feel like then. I, I don't know. It just it feels weird to me in regards to that. I don't because I do it on my own terms. I don't feel like you played me out of some sex. Like I don't right. feel like I don't feel like that because I'm gonna give it to you if it was on the first night or if it's on the three months or a year later. I'm gonna give it to you when I want to give it to you. I'm not somebody that you can pressure into having sex or you can lie and hustle me into having sex. That's not that's not me right. because I I have agency over my body. I do what I want to do when I want to do it. So it's not about, oh, he's being nice to me or he or he took me out on this many dates. And so now he deserves some sex. Oh, he really treats me like a woman. So now he really deserves some sex. That's not how I work. I'm like, you, you, we have great conversation. You got a great personality. I think you sexy and I'm in the mood. Great. Let's do it. I want to do it. It's not about whether he's playing. He's he's played his cards right. Like I don't do that. I don't. I, that's not how I do. But I, I and I don't feel God if he if he comes to be a person that I didn't that wasn't right and he faked. I don't feel like right. I got God. I felt like I wasted my time because now, now you still want to have sex with me 
<laughs> but, right, but, I, but you don't, but you don't, but, 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 but the rules that were laid down, you're, 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 you're no longer, you know, eligible. Because, right. Because I got some ass. <laughs> I'm like, now, this, dick is, this dick is good enough. You still want some more dick. So let's just keep it that way. And, it just, we'll just, and see, no. for me, then you have turned me off now. Right. You done turned me off because now I'm like, I don't even want to fuck with you because the whole reason why I, about me fucking with you is because I was leading, this was leading somewhere different where right. I, you know, I, I think a healthy relationship, a romantic relationship, a healthy relationship has some physical bond in there. So, yeah, it's like, so it's like you still, you you want to keep me in this space where we are still enjoying enjoying each other's physical bond, but I'm seeing that this is not going anywhere past this, and so I'm like, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not fucking with you no more because you're wasting my time when I can go fuck with another nigga that's not wasting my time. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, I, and, I, and I think that it, 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 there's a level of intimacy, uh, you know, social intimacy, you know, physical, sexual intimacy, uh, intellectual int- intimacy. I think all of those are factors in, you know, building a relationship with someone. Um, you know, if I'm looking for a woman, you know, I want someone who has, that I can have a conversation with intellectually, who I can knock ideas back and forth with, who can challenge me, who can make me think, you know, or, or I can make her think, or what have you. You know, that we can get along in, in social settings and around other people. And, you know, it, it, I think there's a lot of factors that, you know, would, would you know, allow me to, you know, you know, you know, let you cross my threshold and, and, and get into, get to my heart. You know, because, you know, again, I'm, I'm used to long-term relationships. I mean, uh, the last, what? Since 2001, I had a nine and a half, I had a two and a half, and then I threw a one-year relationship and all of that. So, you know, I've been in relationships for, you know, most of this millennia. So, it's, without it, without it, it's hollow. Without that relationship, that interaction, that closeness, that, you know, that intimacy on all those different levels. the relationship is hollow and I think as you look at a person and what they're bringing to the table you can see if they're just genuine or if, or if something is missing and if that something is missing and they're not willing to give it have to move on totally fucking agree so let's get up out of here where can they find um, you <laughs> well you can find me uh, you can find me on, on Facebook Troy Kennedy that's my name uh I think my Facebook profile has me and sunglasses looking really cool. But my beard is getting real gray. I might have to get some just for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am on Twitter at B-U-F-F-B-L-K-W-E-L-L. Buff Blackwell. And it's just B-L-K. Uh, long story. I tried to wrestle at one point. But anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, the trans supportive brotherhood. If you are a guy who dates trans women and you want a community of guys who you can talk to, help support you, help get you through it, you know, we're there for you. Um, we have guys who are married 
guys who really haven't been in relationships with trans women and everybody in between. Um, it's a great group. It's a great group of guys, uh, all ethnicities. Um, I think I'm the second oldest guy there. Uh, and we have, you know, some young bucks that are like, you know, 21, 22 years old. So there's a lot of different men in there, uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds where we're just there for each other to support, uplift, help our women and to just encourage each other to stand tall behind the women we love. So if you want to get to, you know, just send us a, a friend request, trans supportive brotherhood. We don't let ladies in the group. We get a lot of ladies who send requests, try to send them a message saying that unfortunately this is a men's group because we don't have these spaces and this is for us. So those are the places you can reach me. And having your own having your own space is really, really important. That's what I, when people, like when cis women want to have their own space that don't involve trans women, I think it's really important and I never try to fight that. They should have, the, everybody should have their own space where they can talk about their own shit. So I really, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your experience and your thought process. Me and Troy have been talking about doing um, maybe a segment once a month where we bring on a guy and we discuss, you know, whatever we want to discuss. And it'd be like um, the trans men, trans, not trans men, we already have a trans men on the show. The trans supportive brotherhood coming in and, you know, taking up space on my platform in order for me to help you guys progress things that y'all want to say. And he's agreed to do it. So it's probably going to be every Thursday, um, the last Thursday of each month, probably starting in January. So, um, okay, so one more thing I want to add. Yes. Um, I got to give a shout out to my boy Perry and the Trans Amorous Network. The last interview I did was on the Trans Amorous Network. I believe I sent that to you. You know, oh, nice. yeah. So it's in two parts. It's a half hour each because I think ours went a straight hour uh, the first time you and I talked. So mm -hmm. um, we, we, we talk about some of the things we touched on today. And really, we're trying to move. We're trying to start a conversation where, you know, change your reality, change how you view yourself, how you see yourself. And the people around you will, will, will see that. So we, we want to do better, be better. Uh, so that we can attract better people uh, and, and have positive stories and positive impacts uh, on, on people and those who are around us. So a shout out to the Trans Amherst Network. They have some great interviews with trans attracted men, uh, trans men, trans women, and everybody in between. Uh, check them out as well on uh, YouTube. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right.